0: There comes a moment when you've exhausted all your options while simultaneously coming across a product that reinvents your notion about what an honest and high quality company looks like. The Healing Rose was the catalyst to that very moment for me. The Healing Rose company is a female-owned Massachusetts CBD company based out of Newburyport that prides themselves in using only the best USDA certified organically sourced ingredients for their vast line of therapeutic products. Their line stretches from lip balms, tinctures, skin balms, roll-on oils, and bath products. Their transparency places them above the rest with third-party tested results showcasing their intolerance to toxic pesticides, solvents, metals, and harmful elements. They provide full-spectrum CBD in many of their products, excluding their tinctures, which carry a broad-spectrum profile, ideal for not having to worry about any low-level THC, which is common for many CBD products. That one's my favorite, and it's good on the palate full spectrum means that they extract from the hemp plant an array of different therapeutic cannabinoids along with CBD and their profile terpenes. The combination results in a greater outcome of healing and relaxation for any individual's needs. Whether you are an athlete looking for any recovery advantage, a patient in need of some relief to remind yourself that you are still a warrior, Or someone who sees the frontiers of life with a little reserve and want to calm the mental storms that keep you from personally exploring, The Healing Rose CBD Company is here for your full body and mind optimization. Please visit TheHealingRoseCO.com to explore their diverse line of products and support one of New England's best rising stars in an industry where ethics are fundamental and a company like this will only be found sitting at the throne of it all. Use the code SAGAS, S A G A S, for 10% off your purchase. Again, visit thehealingroseco.com and use the promo code SAGAS at checkout for 10% off your purchase. To the many martial artists, entrepreneurs, dreamers, and thinkers, How often, for your own sake, would you love a symbolic reminder of your mentality and the perfect dichotomy to match? Murder Nerd is an independent clothing apparel line that represents the sharp, relentless focus towards personal growth and athletics. It embodies the vitality of their creative owners and the network of people who run on the same frequency. Why not elevate your frequency in comfort and style? Visit www.MurderNerdsFitness.com for their personal line of shirt and hat wear. Enter the promo code SAGAS, S-A-G-A-S, for 10% off your purchase. Again, visit MurderNerdFitness.com and enter the promo code SAGAS for 10% off your purchase. We made it. So this will be the last part to this kind of long story. So um, here we are. Part three. Um, So let's see. Where are we? Uh, Let's see. I would say I'm in my mid-twenties. Everything has just happened with coming home from school, Jeff passing away, all of the thoughts that kind of come with that, and, and I'm home now. And it's kind of a long story in itself, but a very skeletal version is that one of my best friends who I actually did go to uh, school with, um, you know, we had started a project actually after I had come home. And he recruited some musicians while he was at school to play some of the songs that we wrote. And I did a lot of writing for this project. It was called Channel of the Lotus. And I would, you know, because of the circumstances, uh, we would just send, sa- um, um, uh, what do you call them, wave files to each other. And uh, we would learn, learn the songs, he would rehearse them with other musicians, and he actually ended up using it as his final project for his uh, science and bachelor's for, um, um, for sound engineering. <clears throat> and, um, and that was the big project that I got myself involved in when I got home, and then it, it, became the priority and the driving, Um, just the thing that drove me the most after Jeff had passed away. And this was at a time where I was grieving incredibly and trying to understand it all through through the different readings, through the different books that I was trying to get a grasp on, concept-wise. A lot of Buddhism in there. Really, it was mostly Buddhism. Um, And... I'd say... I'd say we got that album done. I believe it had about a ten or eleven songs on there. Some of them didn't really make the cut, but that process of making that album is probably is, is going to be one of the most significant times and processes just in my in my entire life. It really was such a. It was just such a manifestation of. Of grieving in the healthiest way that I knew how my my playing was at the best that I could be at the time and I practiced a lot Um, my lyric writing was the most personal that it it had ever been Um, I had songs on there that had to do with the moment that he passed away Songs on there about typical things like regret, um, not feeling that I had said enough while he was here, um, and a lot of different things. I mean, I had, I mean, I even had a, I'd say a song or two, even about my wife, because, you know, obviously back then we were still going through things. And I had a certain type of lens that I viewed things through and it was just, it was incredibly cathartic and I don't really know how I would have gotten through any of that if I didn't have the hours with the guitar in front of the monitor with the pen and the paper and just grinding through those emotions and they were emotional moments in, in, in writing those songs. Um, and, you know, luckily we were able to rehearse those songs cause some of those musicians actually lived near us. So when they all graduated, we were able to kind of get together and really rehearse these and try to, um, try to do something with this and play some stuff on stage. And we were able to. Um, You know, but unfortunately, as with the last projects, just a lot of different opinions and differences in lifestyles that just steer people in different directions. And I think even now to this day, it's hard for me to feel that. I gave everything I could to those guys um, because there was a certain amount of pressure I had on me that I didn't mind at all because i had written most of the songs we'd gotten together because of the songs Um, I personally felt like I I, I named the group I was the one primarily trying to write for the, for the group. So I felt a big responsibility, like a creative responsibility to, to do this. And then when it stopped, I, I still kind of feel, as much as everybody had their personal decisions and why they wanted to stop, I still feel a certain sense of embarrassment and res- responsibility and a, a sense of failure, of f- failure towards these guys, that I didn't find a way to keep it together. because I know that they all enjoyed it. And um, And I think for the most part, I've reconciled that, but it still weighs heavy because as hard as I worked on that for so long, and as personal, as personal as that, whole project was the whole thing coming to an end it 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 gave me this thought that continued to trick me through a lot of my endeavors or just kind of like my psyche growing up where when things got a little weird I kind of tapped out you know I was very much embarrassed of the idea that like was I a quitter you know and then to have something that you so passionately love and then all of a sudden feel like you weren't able to hold on to that. You know it's easy to create a narrative of failure in your mind and that that's actually an expected outcome when you think you've looked back and tracked all the times you've done it before. And in a weird way, there is a mentality that 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 is that that can be a reality when you always know that there's a way out. So now that because it's available, you can go for it, right? That if if quitting something and stopping something is an option, you just know it's available. And I don't know if that was the case for me, but. When things did stop, it, it definitely felt like a little more of a burden on me personally. I took it personal. So it just it kind of stirred the pot in that like emotional place for me, which I didn't like, you know, because I'm just kind of, I was just so overthinking that way. You know, you're in your mid twenties and I know you're obviously, obviously still trying to figure shit out, but by then, you'd think you'd have a a, a a little better sense of self by then. But, you know, that really only comes with experience and meeting the right people and doing the right things and having the right mindset to take in information to then change your ideas about yourself. So it's not that it's just about age and maturing and growing out of things. That actually is a it is a part of it probably a substantial part of it, but there's so many outside factors that, that that help to kind of lock all of that into place so that you do become a little more wise to your life and some of these ideas that maybe we've just held on to since we were so young. Um, but, you know, when that when that ended, I mean, I... That whole process helped me kind of... It helped me grieve, it helped me reflect. Um, It helped me, in a way, become closer to the memory of my stepfather so that it would make up for not being so close while he was alive. And I did my best to try to deconstruct our relationship and then as I put it back together, to not just fit a narrative that would make me comfortable, right? You can just kind of make a story up that would make you feel good because someone's passed away, right? And that you don't have to hold on to the burden of any negativity about it. And I, and, and I, I think I did a decent job of that. I think I still do a decent job of that. You know, it was in the simplest form, like, I just came up with forgiveness, just forgiving him and knowing that understanding more of family dynamics and people's, people's unfortunate ability to take on trauma and not let it go and how that passes on no matter how old you are how that contributes to addiction all of that stuff and the more i understood that the more i just you, you empathize and you feel for sometimes the perpetrator of some of these things and you know and i think what helps with that is the the small amounts of positive emotions I did have for him. I knew that something was lurking underneath that that was valuable and that really always wanted to come out. But there were just too many demons in that one room. And it was just, you got lost in there. He got lost in there. And, and that helps you just not take that personally. That's like this whole situation can kind of condition you into just taking everything personally because you're taking something so heavy as a adult relationship personally as a child that's heavy so then you've already cut out that groove in 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 like your emotional thinking your perceptive thinking and now everything is everything now is kind of an attack on you, right? And this is how you become reactive and this is how you lose your confidence or this is all, all these things because it's all, it all just kind of goes back to your self-esteem and shit. And, um, and I was very much able to let that go. Um, and that process really helped with that. Just writing, writing it out in the form of in the form of music and then obviously in the form of um, lyrics like you just you're able to just let it go and they're performing them you know that's obviously just another level of reliving it in 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 the way that you want to so that the the story changes you know you now get to take control of the story now you are now you get to write the right story. And um, and that was huge, man. That was huge. I've, I've never known how to write other than in that way, but when shit really hit the fan and he passed away, I mean, there's some intense music in there, very intense, just emotionally intense. Um, and just i i i value that album and those handful of songs more than anything 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 and i'm still very proud of those things um you know but as that ended i continued to write but there much of that momentum just kind of wasn't there and the momentum was kind of Perpetuated by other people being excited to do it with you. And, you know, you'd reach out to people, you'd email people, you'd get on all these musician forums and Facebook groups trying to find people to play with. And it's, you know, and it's just part of the game, just whoring yourself out to just everyone. Just who's, you know, who's into the same stuff? Who's a proficient player? Who's got good vibes? Who's a psycho? Who's not a psycho? Who's reliable? And you're just constantly playing that game and it just got incredibly frustrating and and I got to a point where it was so frustrating that it was taking a toll on my relationships I was never in the moment with anything nothing mattered other than to try to accelerate my musicianship but also to them to to continue to create music albums um to share it with people and like i said just find musicians and you know roadblock after roadblock after roadblock you just keep finding them and you're just you're just fucking pissed off man you're pissed off at everybody and everything and you just become bitter and and my main relationship was suffering You know, to the point where it's like, I'm getting questioned, is this it? Like, this is what it's going to be like. What's the point of moving on with this relationship? You know, you're acting like a, like an asshole constantly or not even an asshole. You're just acting like someone who's just never present, right? Your mind is always somewhere else. So it's like, if you're with somebody, they don't want to fucking be with you. They're good. They're now going to take that as a personal attack. You know, and depending on how just reactive your spouse is, you're never going to convince them that it's not them. You know, right? That simple. It's not you. It's not me, right? It's, it's such a jokey thing, but it is very true. Sometimes where your own mental kind of situation just takes a hold of you so much that it really has nothing to do with anybody else. It's just really just your selfishness on trying to do something for yourself because it is selfish in what I'm what I'm pursuing very selfish because in the end game it's like the end game is well we can be together but I might not be around that much because if I'm going to make anything out of this especially anything that's going to sustain me financially I have to constantly be out there performing right so you got to live this nomad piss poor lifestyle playing music and what drives you is your love for it your passion for it It gives you purpose I, I get that but it is a grind, man. And I will forever and always support musicians that live that lifestyle. People don't get it. People don't get it. They just think they can just throw on some background shit on their fucking Alexa little speaker and, you know, not pay for anything that they listen to because somehow they, they deserve it and it should always kind of be in the background or whatever mundane thing they're doing. You know, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole now, but there's very little representation on... Musicians and their importance and what they actually attribute to an individual's life and the Ways in which we compensate these people giving up so much and exposing so much of themselves so that a a, a portion of the population can feel empowered or change their life or get that extra workout in or Not fucking walk off of a bridge, you know? It's it's it is it's, it is incredibly important, um, and I get that that is the grind, right? There's a lot that musicians have to give up to get to a point where they're big enough, and you can enjoy them in the ways that a lot of us enjoy them. And that was my end game. And I know it's a very selfish pursuit, and it's hard to do when you have a relationship, but. But in the end, what really gave me the realization that I was feeling this way was just her telling me that, you know? You're being a fucking asshole. You don't care about anybody. You barely care about me. You're never in the moment. Nothing makes you happy. And, she's, and it's like, she's, she's like, I thought this was what this was for, was to make you happy you know and from that moment on it's just it, it was a huge shock to my system for some reason i needed to hear from someone how i was coming across and then the, tr- the 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 mental trail that i would go down as to well why am i feeling this way and what is this and and what is this transition happening because when she said that i actually felt relief i wasn't angry I felt a huge amount of relief and it was confusing in the beginning. And as I sat with that thought, I started to contemplate it and it started to come together a little more where the relief come from the realization that you don't have to pursue this to this degree anymore. And it's weird because I told you earlier that my earlier self would be like, really? You're quitting this. Like, you're following suit with so many other things that you've done. And whether it's true or it's not true, like, you know, this is is my subjective way of looking at things, and I know it's probably not healthy. Somebody else would tell me that, no, you're not a quitter. No, you didn't do this. No, this is because of that but in the moment that doesn't matter if this is how i feel this is how that my wrote the story then this is kind of how i'm taking it in and i just felt like i was yet again being a quitter and i fucking hated that i hated that and but i didn't feel that i did not feel that i was quitting and what it helped me realize, and it was a slow sizzle, and it might seem obvious now, but in the moment, it didn't seem obvious at all because I didn't know what I knew in that moment. I, would, I had never done the types of practicing that I was doing, practicing on my mind, on stepping back from my emotions, all of those things, because I did that a lot at that time because of those circumstances. And it kind of just told me like, oh, all right, so you you loved music early on, you escaped with music, you lived vicariously through music, all because of so many of the things that happened when, when you were younger and and it carried you through and it carried you through and it got you into college and people got sick and they passed away and it carried you through that and it carried you to the end. And it carried you all the way to the point of reconciling the entire situation. And it then brought me to a point of just having the realization that like that was just this was all just coping. This was all just a coping mechanism. This was all just my way of not internalizing real toxic um, you know, I hate saying the word constantly, but trauma. I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, I got a synonym this shit, because I don't know, I, I got to know another word for this, but when you don't have anywhere to go, you don't have anywhere to express this, that's how you, you get trauma, is when you don't know how to like express and then expel and let go of these things. No one guides you through them, no one tells you how to kind of maneuver them and look at them in a different way. But if you have an outlet, it slowly just kind of scrapes away at that rock right until in the end you might get lucky enough where all that's left is just sand and you've you've gotten through it and I felt like that is exactly what it did you know I let out so much fucking anger angst anger in my younger years and through all through my teenage years when all of that shit went down and it kept going and it kept going and the problem with it is that it it was it was a coping mechanism, but because of the lack of self-esteem and the lack of self-knowledge of just who I am, my capabilities, and um, the idea of just potential, because you can have an you can have an idea of just your potential when you're younger. You just can And when it swings too far, it's someone's responsibility to make sure you don't grow up incredibly fucking arrogant, right? We've seen plenty of kids grow up arrogant and they turn out to be douchebags when they're adults. But when all of that isn't there, you slide into this place of self-identification and that's what this whole thing was. I used a coping mechanism As a source of who I was, you know, nothing mattered. And this is why the pursuit was so driven was because I was terrified of losing the, 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 construct of what I created as who I was, which is a musician, right? It was my only sense of identity because it was safe because it was the only thing I actually knew and actually did. And... And it was enlightening. It was enlightening to be get that moment of bitterness and then relief. Because I I had now just I had opened a door I didn't even I didn't even know existed. Because I didn't allow it to. And I was just ready. I think I was just ready to let it go. You know, I had it had been my it had been my boat through just that entire s- storm. And it carried me all the way through. And, and there was like this metaphorical like thing of just, all right, we just hit the sand. Like we're, we're, we're at the shore of at least this chapter. And it's like looking back at something that you will always love and that you owe everything to, but find no need for it anymore. And um, and I think the mechanisms that I was able to cultivate that help with that really came from the readings. It really did. It, it helped to flex muscles that I still don't know how to control because it's, if you take it serious, the end result is so simple, but in learning how to get to the end result, somehow I've tricked myself into thinking it's complicated. And what I mean by that is like, me detaching from the sense of self in a musician comes from the lessons learned in Buddhism where you first learn to understand your senses and that there is a capability in letting go of your senses. And they do these in all of these weird parable ways and they call them koans where there are questions to make you think in a way that's incredibly illogic in the question but then flexes the muscle to the to the momentum into going into a place of understanding what what like they call it Zazen, right? This state of of Zen where the Understanding your senses, understanding that they're attached to this body. And then what is this body attached to, you know? And then if you cultivate the tools to know how to let go of certain senses, then you can cross that over into letting go of how you feel about feelings, right? Do you really own these feelings? Are these feelings f- from you? And to not own them means that you can control them. You don't have to identify yourself with even the emotions you have, the senses you have. And an incredibly, um, oh shit, oh shit, we're almost done. I'm going to get this right now, bam, finally. Um, the the most extreme example of that is, it's that Rage Against the Machine cover. I believe his name was Teach Quan Duke, I, I don't even know how, I think it's Teach it, it's Quan Duke, I looked it up, that's the best way I can do it, but. And it's the monk who does the self-immolation on the cover of that album. And I'd say three years ago, I bought that that famous photo in black and white, blew it up and I put it in my garage underneath my mats where I exercise to remind me that that is the most extreme form of one of the lessons in this, I would call it, tool, device of Buddhism. That to sit there on fire for a specific cause and sit there and not even flinch not even open your eyes sit with your back straight in the lotus position and he stayed there until he slowly keeled over still in position but gone not one peep out of him and it's just it, it was always a reminder of just you, i love it it's 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 an extreme reminder it's strange that i have a man on fire in my garage but it's inspiring and and incredibly profound for me and it's uh, i need extreme reminders of that so that i don't get caught up in whatever daily mundane thing i feel like being reactive to but it's those mechanisms and then going into the emotions and then detaching from the emotions and exploring what is what is the self what is what is the thing that harbors all these layers of phenomenon, right? It's, I mean, it's kind of a mindfuck, but it's a, it's a beautiful thing if, if you sit through the confusion and try to grasp a little bit of it. And I felt that I did because those are the mechanisms of thinking that help me understand that I don't have to be this, this... Musician, I am not, my identity is not in a person who plays Music Only because the person that's playing music Is playing music to, to Shed Much of what is wrong with him And when you get A good portion of that shed sometimes there's not much to write about you know yeah there's a lot to i contemplate there's a lot going on in the world but when it all comes from just constantly letting go of just your heavy thoughts and confusion and and all of those things when you clear out that room and all that's left is just a couple little corner balls of dust i think you get to the point where i was where i was just Confusion, Confused in my exhaustion of writing music to only get to a point of having the realization that, oh, it's because you've, you've gone through your grieving. You're ready to maybe be a little happier. You're maybe ready to be a little more in the moment, in the things that you deem to be uh, important, which are relationships. And maybe a journey of uh, furthering yourself, self-growth, um, and that was a, and that was just a big, that was a, just a big moment in my life, you know. Just, I know that there, that so many people do have paths where they engage in something so hard, and it's driven by, by so many different things because everyone has just a vast array of different situations and they're driven by all of these things pleasing the parents hating the parents loving yourself not loving yourself hatred towards the world nihilism anarchy all of these things coming from something you know and 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 you know, I, I get how the gears of ideology can kind of start to turn because music was a religion to me. And in a way it still is. Like you, like you, I don't play, but you're not going to find somebody else who loves music more than me. You know, I might have to, you know, look away a couple of times if we listen to some tunes together because, you know, I'm like almost half wiping my eye to fucking almost every other thing I hear because it's just so heavy to me, the emotion and just like what, it, what music can pull from you. And like I said earlier, just what it does to you, man, it just, it changes your life. It saves your life. It literally saved my life, you know? And it just, it reinforces the importance of just respecting and just giving musicians what they deserve, which is more than I think what they get now for the amazing shit that they give all of us. But, um, yeah, I guess to end this, that was really, my main point is, is if you can understand how many things you are not by whatever medium that is that you figure that out with, it can definitely keep you off of like a destructive path when when that path is kind of paved by A lack of knowing who you are. And that was me, you know. I didn't know who I was. But in the end, the thing that... I needed to let go of... Or really the thing that... I latched on to because of my insecurities... Ended up making me much more secure. Because the tool itself helped me to... uh, Paint the paint the bigger picture in the end, and um, and I owe a lot of it to just kind of those couple books that I that I picked up after he passed away, and uh, I think you only allow yourself to uh, read those things or get into a space where you allow those things in until you're at a very heavy moment of suffering, and uh, I'm forever grateful for those moments and those readings and the things I got out of them and uh, and who knows maybe this podcast is an extension of what that music was right maybe this is the next chapter maybe this is my next performance my next thing to let out what's happening I don't know but I just hope everybody finds something like this because I can a hundred percent vouch the idea that creativity and hobbies they will save your life especially if it's a hard life and everybody has a fucking hard life man so like find something find something and let it just kind of take you to a shore seriously sorry this was a little long I'm sorry but it was important and uh to whoever made it through all three of these. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope it didn't totally suck, but um, yeah, I really appreciate everybody listening. Thanks, guys.